Hi everyone, I'm Amy Lieberman. I am our New York reporter with DevX here. And today I am so happy to be with Katja Iverson, the CEO of Women Deliver, um, our first guest for this performance, for this little debut. And it's just super exciting because we're here at the Commission on the Status of Women, um, started on Saturday and going into next week. So she is a perfect person to have as our guest. Welcome, so glad you're here. Thank you very much, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's great. So as you can see, this is not our normal setup. We are here. <laughs> CSW style, I guess, kind of everyone's on the go, everyone's making it work in a hallway, um, just a few blocks away from the UN, um, kind of gives you a feel of the space. So I guess just to kick things off a little bit, just wanted to do a few icebreakers if that's all sure, right. Sure, absolutely. All right. Break it away. Okay. So who would you say is your favorite person? If you had to choose one role model who's working the space of women's rights, um, equality, who's on your list? All right. My first and foremost role model and it's been it all my life. She was a frontier in women's rights. Mm -hmm. It was Pippi Longstocking. Unexpected. Yes. <laughs> Pippi Longstocking was the, the strongest girl in the world. She lived on her own. She did what she wanted. Mm -hmm. She fought for others and she said, if you're strong, you have to be kind and you have to be good. So I think she's been my role model my whole life. And when I'm walking around the hallways here, when we're working the events, and Women Deliver is involved in more than 200 events, mm -hmm. more than wow. either as participants, as speakers, as organizers, um, I really remember that because most of the people who get here are strong. They have resources, else they couldn't be here. And that also means we have to be good and we have to think about the people who cannot be here. Is that a favorite of yours from childhood, I'm guessing? Absolutely. Okay. It's a favorite of mine from childhood. If you want some more current, I would say a Grasse Shell, uh, some of the leading voices uh, in the UN, but also really some of the grassroots. And not least, some of the young people who are here. There's Elizabeth from Kenya, there's Blessing from Nigeria. Mm -hmm. There's really, really good people, young women and young men, who are changing the way the world works. Yeah, it's great to recognize people, just the average person coming here exactly. and participating. Um, just one more question for you, um, kind of on this theme of childhood. When you were young, because you've done so much now in your adult life still in this young. space. You're still young, of course. <laughs> when you were very, very young, yes. elementary school, yes. primary school, did you have this vision for yourself or what was it that you really wanted to do? So I come from a small village of 800 people in real rural areas, which is also why the theme of this this uh, CSW speaks a lot to me. So I come from this little village. It was never in the stars and the cars that I would suddenly be in New York leading an organization, travel the world, negotiating with world leaders and really standing up. So that was not in the cards. But my grandmother fought for women's rights her whole life. And they got involved in international work. They got in, involved in international peace work. So her and my granddad were actually in on establishing some international organizations. So when I grew up and I was visiting my grandparents, I would hear different languages spoken. Mm -hmm. And I would learn that the world is not a dangerous place. It's a good place. And there's a lot of good people there. That's great. It's really inspiring for you had that exposure. Um, okay, so kind of just getting into it a little bit now, really what you've been seeing and hearing. I know that it hasn't been going on that long, the CSW, and there's still a lot more to go, but what are your kind of first impressions of these past few days of really what's 
most important, what's really dominating the discussions and kind of where we're leading. It's fun that you say it's not been going on long. I feel that it's <laughs> been weeks because it's a really long day. So mm -hmm. when I get up around five, I have my first meeting around 6.30. Then it kind of goes with breakfast and meetings and events and speeches and, and until last night I got home at midnight. Then you sleep a couple of hours, then you get off again. <laughs> but so it's very intense. It's very, uh, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of words. It's a lot of thinking about what we can do. So if you ask me how it's going for us and for Women Deliver, it's going really well. We're getting the issue of women's sex and reproductive health and rights on the agenda. Maybe not so much in the big house, but in the events we are pushing the issue of young people's engagement, of gender equality, of participation, of the voices of girls and women, some of those who couldn't be here. Mm -hmm. and, and so in that sense it's going well. There's a lot of people at CSW, it's a very, uh, the Commission on the Status of Women is a very special place. It's a very good energy because people come from all over the world. So, so really kind of seeing the issues, getting debated on the big stages is, is very encouraging. At the same time, we also have the political negotiations and that work has intensively started last night and today. And, and what comes out of that, you know, the document that everybody is waiting for, that's going to be very interesting to see because let's just be, that's the governments that negotiate that. Mm -hmm. That is not the people who are doing the work on the ground, in the villages, in the rural women themselves. That is very much a governmental diplomatic dance. Yeah, I know that can be very fraught for a lot of organizations just trying to make sure all of their different um, goals and areas of importance are really in there and represented as they should be. Um, not to get too much into that area, because I know you don't really, um, we're not quite there with negotiations being completed or anything. That's a discussion we can take on Friday or you can take with somebody else. Okay. Uh, but because then that's kind of when we would know where, 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 where it's moving. Okay. So we are optimistic because we will always be optimistic. Right. Uh, and, and, and we uh, not just hope for the best, we work for the best. Right. How are you seeing this year kind of, I mean, there are different influences that have come from just the political, social spheres around the world of Me Too, for example, um, real focus on sexual harassment, sexual abuse, and as it's permeating the aid industry as well. Are you seeing that kind of shape in some sort of way, just the way people are responding to these discussions or trying to really guide them forward? This year is a very special year because we've had the Me Too, we've had big discussion about gender equality, equal pay. So it's a very special year at CSW. There's much more openness for the discussion, but there's also a lot of impatience. And that impatience is a good impatience because it's, we're not going to stick to this. We really have to see change happen. In Women Deliver, we really see that the next step or what we really need to do now is to focus on what can be done. What are the solutions? And that's not something we'll fix right here. That is something that is a, a discussion that has to be ongoing. So I also don't want to see CSW as a standalone. It is part of a continuum. It is part of a trajectory. Next year, Women Deliver gathers uh, six to 7,000 people in Vancouver, Canada for the world's largest conference on gender equality and the health rights and well-being of girls and women. And that is not going to be a discussion and a negotiation about a document. That is going to be a focus on what works, what works in women's lives, what can promote it in health, in education, in political participation, anti-violence, in uh, economic empowerment. Really look at it holistically. Mm -hmm. And for me, building on the Me Too, Time's Up, 
Now what? It's the solution. It's the action. Right. That's where we need to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems really important. Um, that kind of comes into my next question here, which is really, where does all of this work go? You have all these people travel to New York. It'd be really difficult for some of them to get here, expensive. And I think that the document that comes out of this, it, it's applied in different ways, right? To differing, to like varying yeah. degrees. Yeah. Um, so how do you kind of think about that just in terms of the real carryover significance of, of this event? We may never underestimate the power of getting people together. Mm -hmm. And what we see here is people who never met each other before but work on the same issues get together. It's some of the same things we do but in a bigger scale at the Women Deliver Conference. The energy and the cross-pollination and partnerships, new partnerships, new ideas that can scale that comes from that are extremely important. Of course the document will be important too because that's kind of what governments are looking at but but we really see if we worry about and care about the work on the ground that is that's kind of the, the meetings here the people here who are going home and really changing reality mm -hmm. so it's kind of a similar experience if you're working with women deliver and trying to think about how we really move this forward past our meeting and what we're seeing at csw as well yeah so it's a trajectory we don't even want to call it a bridge because the bridge go up and down it's a trajectory and it's step towards a real change for the individual girl and woman and society in general because it's not just the individual. When you invest in girls and women, when you invest in their health, in their education, in their participation, mm -hmm. then there's a ripple effect and everybody wins economically, socially and politically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, your organization is interesting in that you really put women's sexual reproductive rights and, and health kind of at the center of of what you do. Is that something that you're trying to push for equally when you come to the CSW, just make sure that that's really being, all those facts, all those stories are really being heard? Women Deliver works for gender equality yeah. and the health rights and well-being of girls and women, including their sexual and reproductive health and mm -hmm. rights. As we see it, gender equality is a benefit for everybody, but the bedrock of gender equality is a woman's ability to decide on her own fertility. It is sexual reproductive health rights. We will never see uh, a girl get uh, finish an education if she can't, if she can't get access to contraception, for example, or get and keep a job. Because let's face it, we spend 35 years trying not to get pregnant and like five, seven years to try to get pregnant. We need, we need those, uh, those things that can, can enable that. Mm -hmm. So we see it as one issue, but a very important issue. We work on other issues too, but that one is very close to our heart. It's also where we come, women deliver. Yeah. Not only babies, a lot more than that, but so access to not dying child or not dying in childbirth and access to, for example, contraception and the biggest week of sexual reproductive health rights. It's important, but not the only thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you seen any interesting discussions on that so far going on this week? And then what other areas have really popped out at you? Something that's either new or people are really seeming to be... I know the, the theme mm -hmm. of this is rural women, but seeming to really just be focusing on in particular. Yeah. So we see really good discussion on sexual and reproductive health and rights. We see really good discussion on women's participation on land rights, but also on something like time poverty. Mm -hmm. uh, time poverty is, if we look at both the North and the South East West, women face today that they both work, but they're also responsible at home. It's often their 
responsibility to care for the children, to care for the home, which means you you basically double job. Mm -hmm. uh, so so that time poverty that comes into that, you simply don't have time enough in the day to make ends meet and make money and make your uh, make everything go around and least of all time for yourself. And that's a global north and a global south issue that's being discussed. Right, I haven't heard that term before, so that's really that's really interesting. Yeah. Just kind of that real. Awesome but there's also the traditional women's. You know, kind of political participation, which we see very much up. We see equal pay very much up. We see women and the environment, women's access to resources, which is really interesting. Nothing comes of nothing mm -hmm. if women don't have access to financial services or electricity or water, toilets, safe sanitation, internet. That you know, what do they expect? Right. How do you expect that to go? Yeah. Um, so I know that there have been some issues last year of voice, really just the question of access, people both being able to come here and just have the financial resources to do so, and then also the space sort of within the UN mm -hmm. and how inclusive that was of yeah. women who've arrived. Um, can you speak at all to kind of what your experience has been, if anything, yeah, with sure, some of sure, these issues? Sure. So I think it's, it's very, very important to see that if we want development in the world and if we want progress in the world, it's not just a matter of the UN. It's not just a matter of government. If we look at who makes change happen in the communities where girls and women and everybody, a lot of people live, then we really need to look at the civil society, we need to look at faith-based organizations, we need to look at the private sector. So of course they also need to be here. Getting to New York, getting to a hotel, all of that, that's expensive. Yeah. So which, who are the voices we actually hear here? It's often the people who are relatively well to do. So Women Deliver has, for example, put a lot of effort into bringing young leaders here so their voices can be heard. Rural women, so we fund them coming here. We know there's beautiful other organizations who do the same. Because if we don't listen to the people this is about, we're never going to get the good solutions to the problem. They know what it is that they need. They know what it is that they face. So the solutions cannot just be thought out in beautiful hallways mm -hmm. or in government offices. We really need to listen and engage the people in Spain. Yeah, and I imagine identifying those people, especially you know, if they're living in rural areas and they're not totally connected, um, can be pretty challenging. Yeah. And that's wonderful to have a network like Women Delivered where we work with thousands of organizations across the globe because of course we don't know, but they know. So they're just really bringing those people in yeah. and saying this person has to be here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we can't fund everybody, but we've funded a few, and we know other organizations have funded as well. So that's great to see. Mm -hmm. It is great. So that's one of the aspects of access. Yeah. Um, and for, for this year, I think so too, um, with, this is uh, Antonio Guterres' first year as the Secretary General, is that right? Second, second year. Second year. Second okay, year. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think his a lot of his um, plans have come really into the focus in the last year or so relating to some of the issues you were talking about, political participation, and um, now with his strategy on sexual harassment sort of uh -huh. within the UN, and uh -huh. I guess harassment or abuse committed by UN staffers onto uh -huh. others. Are you seeing that kind of change things at all? Couchers have come in very strong on a gender equality platform, and that was wonderful to see when he ran and also how he has taken it up. He actually now have uh, parity in number of women and men in a leadership position. Next step will be to see what kind of budgets do they control. Mm -hmm. And of course also get it not just at the 
political appointees, but also at the management and, and other places in the system. So we'll be we'll be keeping a good eye on him and say <laughs> it's a relatively good start, but but keep it up. We're definitely not done. When it comes to uh, sexual harassment, it's so important that this is taken serious. It's so important that the women are listened to when they come forward. Because let's just say there has been impunity and there's been a silence around it because it was judgmental to, to careers. I've had a lot of years in the UN. This is your experience working yeah. with the UN, working with other... You, know, you just didn't come forward with it because you knew it could it could damage your career. It was just... Some people said you just have to suck it up. Some people said it'll damage your career. Don't, you know, you felt alone. Now we're seeing people stepping forward. It is so important for the institution, the UN, but for companies, NGOs, everybody, mm -hmm. to really take it serious. And that means the perpetrators have to be punished, and it has to be fast. The women have to be listened to. We do not want to see victim bashing here, and we really need to have things in place so it can, we can prevent it from happening. That's not done by a hotline. That is a profound culture change where it has been accepted, mm -hmm. but it's also some of the institutions and mechanism that can prevent it from happening, or when it happened, that it has a rapid consequence. Right, and then, as you're saying, I think it could, in some ways it could probably take a long time, and it's not gonna come with just one or two simple policy changes here. Yeah. Do you see signs of that culture beginning to kind of shift in the direction that it should be going? I think there's a big lot more transparency about it, and mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot more talk about it, but let's also see what the action will be. And that means when the cases come forward, we'll be looking to see what's the consequence. Mm -hmm. And this is an area that's been on your radar, it sounds like, for a long time, not just since all of this came out. With it's not something too. Women Deliver has kind of put a lot of attention to before, mm -hmm. because it's everybody, it's just been there and everybody kind of, you know, it's, it's just been, you know, kind of as, as a woman who worked in the UN, everybody knew it. it but, but now something is finally happening around it. Yeah, it's sad and kind of thinking about that, just how, how ingrained it, it is. And yeah, and, and I, I just want to say, it's not just the UN. Right, of course. It, this, has, this has been in society at the longest time, but now time's up. Really grabbing that catchphrase of the opening in two years, I think so. Um, do we have any questions, potentially? Let's see if we do. Nothing coming in from people so far. Okay, all right. Um, all right, well this has been, it's been fantastic talking with you and just hearing um, all your experiences and about your work. Um, is there anything else? That you, what, what do you think people should really be taking away from, from CSW? If there are people who have not been able to be here, people who can't come, people who want to potentially, or just interested in it, how do you kind of wrap your head around all of what's been going on here and really say like, okay, this is what this is what we should be thinking about. I think the most important thing is to not see it as a, as a UN, as a New York thing. Mm -hmm. the, the discussions at the Commission of, of the Status of Women are discussions that should happen everywhere. In the families, in the companies, in society, in governments, everywhere. Because this is about having a good society. It's not about a commission where you have to kind of look at, it's not about a negotiated paper. It's about a fair, equal society that's good for everybody and that we need to remember uh, and that's also what people who are not here 
That's what I hope they will take. It's activities in the communities, it's activities in the capital, and it's really kind of amplifying the voice of girls and women and of change. Mm -hmm. So this year's W is an occasion. Women Deliver next year is another occasion, but this is a long haul on the groundwork. Is this helping you think kind of about what areas you really want to be focusing on with your next Women Deliver event at all? Looking forward to that? Absolutely. We will be uh, looking at gender equality and the health and rights of girls and women. There's a lot of discussion right now about power. There's a lot of discussion right now about change. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of discussion around, about right now about values and hope. So um, let's see. You know, you will hear soon from us about what the overarching theme for the Women Deliver Conference will be. Yeah. But, uh, I gave you a little taste. Of okay, that's great. Yeah, I heard, interestingly, the other day, um, uh, Secretary General Guterres said, power is something often that you don't get, it's something you have to kind of grab, work to obtain on your own. Power is very interesting, particularly when you talk about women and power, because women have been shying away from talking about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's time. Okay, fantastic. Well, it's been so great talking. Thank you so much again for joining thank us, you. and thank you everyone who's been listening in.